Most of、mm-hmm. the people are quite surprised about how we can stand together as six co-founders. But Alex, I always give the same answer. If you don't have any ego about power or about, let's say,、uh, you know,、uh, money or about, you know, anything else,、uh, then it works well. But if you are, if you have conflict only about ideas, then it's healthy. So we don't have any power conflict or money conflict or ego conflict, but we have only conflict about ideas. So this is how I believe we can stand together, and of course, we share the same values in life. Hi, and welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, brought to you by SaaS Talk. I'm Marina Jambazova, and I run content marketing. On this week's episode, Alex talks with Handy Chillinger, co-founder and CEO of Insider, a growth management category creator hailing all the way from Singapore. The company relocated its headquarters there a few years ago as it saw the great potential of the Asian market. Originally Turkish. Handa divides her time between Turkey, Singapore, and 17 other offices, in order to manage what has become a 400-people company started by Handa and five co-founders six years ago. It has been global since day one, while the U.S. would have been a tempting location to expand to. Insider is actually only beginning to consider it now. At the beginning, it was all about Europe and APAC, regions typically seen as more difficult. Not as primed for adoption of SaaS, yet the way Handa saw it, the lack of competition made them far more exciting regions, especially Asia. Tapping into it, Insider has become something of a trailblazer in the region, seeing a 3x growth since last year alone. What has made Insider successful in markets like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and beyond, has been laser-focused local approach. To each, if you're in any way thinking of expanding into Asia, this episode is filled with nuggets such as how Insider views venturing into different Asian markets. The best way of doing business in a country is knowing more about their people and culture. So, just like in Japan, just like in Korea, here you you need to first learn the culture, and the way of selling is also different. For example, in Singapore, we do direct sales, but in Japan and in Korea. What we are doing is, especially in Japan, partnership programs or having partners to increase your sales is the better option. So the way that you sell is also different. So we face that kind of difficulties, which are mostly about having much more different culture compared to the rest of the region. What the expansion plan was? First, we have started from Singapore, and we knew that when we are expanding in Singapore. Indonesia and Malaysia is also manageable. So our first target was the, you know, triangle of Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. And after that, after the, you know, expanding those regions, we believe that once you do it in Hong Kong, you can also expand to other regions easily, like Vietnam, Thailand, and you know, Taiwan. However, we didn't have any specific prioritization between between those countries. For us, finding the right people is the most important criteria. We open up the positions at the same time in those markets. Whenever we find the right people in those markets, for example, let's say in Vietnam, then we give a, we give a go to Vietnam. What has been the secret sauce in making this expansion successful? 
the big guys like you know the, the big marketing clubs or softwares like Salesforce, Adobe, Oracle, they are trying to also grab some partners or clients in these regions. But the one thing that they are missing is they are not they don't have any strong local team existence. I think this is one of the secret source of insiders democratizing the technology having some local people in here in uh, our vietnam countrymen is vietnamese our uh, japan countrymen of course japanese hande will be joining us at sastok asia in hong kong may 14th and 15th to talk more about how insider won asia and became a category creator there she will be joined by a stellar lineup of speakers including vinot chandramuli global head pre-sales of freshworks anna gong CEO and founder of Perks Technologies, and Jeffrey Payne, managing partner, Golden Gate Ventures. You can find out about all Sastok Asia speakers in our new learning hub, where we have highlighted each of them. Grab a ticket for Sastok Asia while you still can by going to events.sastok.com forward slash Asia19. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, Handa uh, Chillinger, uh, CEO of uh, Insider. Welcome, uh, uh, Handa. Thank you very much, Lex. Thank you very much for welcoming me. Yeah, no, no. Uh, a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I know uh, we we very briefly met at SaaS Doc 18 in Dublin. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Where you spoke, and uh, I know that I wanted to. It's very difficult uh, during the conference. By the way, I would like to add, add on something about the uh, you know the event itself. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, for us, it was a very valuable event in terms of meeting the new people. Mm-hmm. I actually met with the people that I think maybe I cannot meet with anywhere anywhere else. So Excellent. thank you very much for providing this opportunity. No, and no, no. Very no honest, I- honest feedback. No, thanks. Uh, no, I really, really appreciate that, and, uh, and obviously appreciate that you, uh, you know, flew over to Dublin and uh, and spoke at the conference and, and shared your lessons. And uh, as I say, like, I, I, we have like 130 speakers or so, kind of each year, uh, and I get to kind of meet each for about sort of two minutes. So now we've got 30 minutes to to get to know each other a, a little bit better for but mm-hmm. for the benefit. The, the audience, um, but I'll, I'll also see you in Asia in a, in a, in a few weeks at Sasko Asia. So, yeah. Uh, but exactly. before we get into that, uh, I mean, you personally, I mentioned you're the CEO of Insider, but tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, you know, who you are and how you became the CEO of Insider. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, first of all, let me start with this story of, uh, you know, uh, founding a period of Insider because it's a little bit interesting. And I mm-hmm. will talk a little bit about what we are doing as Insider. Mm-hmm. First of all, we have been co-founded. We have six co-founders. So we have been founded by six people. Okay. Uh, myself, I'm an, uh, one ex-entrepreneur. And one of my friends from university, also one ex-entrepreneur, we decided to be an entrepreneur after the graduation, after working for several companies. And we had our first business together, established our first business together. And after that, we started Insider after three and a half years. We sold our first business, and this is how we started uh, with Sarhat, who is now our VP of growth. And then the other four co-founders has joined us. I believe the you know power of thinking for the co-founders, the or the mindset or idea of always be recruiting ABR, always be recruiting. So even in the university, we were thinking about, you know, uh, which people we can work together in the future. So this is why 
we met with our uh, one of our co-founders called Arda, who is now our VP of Customer Success in the university. And when we started to establish Insiders, we also called him and invited him to be one of the co-founders. And also the three other three of co-founders we have met on the way in a year. So this is why this is how we came together as six co-founders. You know, for the companies like us, for the B2B sales companies, it is pretty much important to, uh, you know, have your VPs up to $10 million of ARH. When we came to that point, we were quite lucky that we have already our uh, VP of customer success, VP of sales, our CTO, our VP of product, our VP of engineering. And this is how actually we came together. This is the brief story of Insiders co-founders. Most of mm-hmm. the people are quite surprised about how we can stand together as six co-founders. But Alex, I always give the same answer. If you don't have any ego about power or about, let's say, uh, you know, uh, money or about, you know, uh, anything else, uh, then it works well. But if you are, if you have conflict only about ideas, uh, then it's healthy. So we don't have any power conflict or money conflict or ego conflict, but we have only conflict about ideas. So this is how I believe we can stand together. And of course, we share the same values in life. So almost six years ago, as six co-founders, what we have seen is the world is going digital. Uh, so uh, we wanted to be part of this uh, change, this digital transformation. So this is why we have decided to be the painkiller for the, for the e-commerce companies who are suffering from the you know, increasing customer acquisition costs and decreasing lifetime values. This is why we have decided to create a platform where we can be a one-stop platform for the online businesses from the different verticals like e-commerce companies or online retailers. And we wanted to find a solution to the e-commerce optimization problem. What we are doing is we are a one-stop platform where we track the first-party user data. We create segments by using those first-party data and we create personalization uh, through the different channels, including desktop web, mobile, mobile web, mobile app. And what we do, what we do is conversion optimization, which means increasing the sales, increasing the, you know, page views or increasing the conversion targets of the online businesses. This is what we do as Insider. The technology behind us is, of course, artificial intelligence and machine learning, which actually brings the intelligence of the platform. And the category creation is quite quite important here. We always believe that. Maybe we are not the more biggest tech, com- tech company or software company in the world, but we are one of the most progressive tech companies in the world, software companies in the world. So this is why every year we are creating a new category, which is very important for us also to be successful in the mature markets like UK. So this is a brief of Insiders, uh, what we are doing, the co-founding team. But of course, I have one more addition. From the very first day, we thought about going global, not staying only in a couple of countries. Uh, so this is why in the next month of Insider, we start to uh, expand Europe. And we have seen a huge potential in Asia Pacific. I think in the markets like Indonesia, Singapore, Hong Kong, and the other Asian markets like you know, Japan, Korea, they have tremendous amount of opportunities. In some markets, uh, we, had the, we had the advantage of being the first movers. In some markets, we became the market educators. And for some markets, we make we be, we became the market builders. So we decided to expand the APAC region almost two years ago, which was a very right decision for insiders. 
Mm-hmm. And this year we are going to expand the US. I believe that uh, we had created a lot of experiences with our partners, success studies, success stories. So this year it, they will help us a lot about the US expansion. And uh, as a as a so B two B SaaS company which exists in uh, Europe, APAC, and now in US. Uh, we have more than 500 enterprise clients. By the way, we do not use, we avoid to use the word clients. We generally say partners because mm-hmm. we are really partnering with them. So for just to give some example, in APAC, we are working with the companies like Singapore Airlines, Uniqlo. Uh, we are working uh, with OLAX. And we are also working with the companies, with enterprise clients from different verticals, including e-commerce, pure e-commerce companies, airlines OTAs and so on and so forth and and, and, and thank you for that um, uh, that background there so we, we know obviously that you're one of one of or we now know one of, one of six co-founders which is, again is not, is not very typical it's certainly on the large <laughs> side uh, but, but it seemingly you, you know it, it, it's working um, we know that the company is is, is global uh, and the partners that you serve like you personally yeah. Um, uh, so here's a question: Like, where are you based, and where is the company uh, headquartered? Yeah, the company is headquartered in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I can say that I'm both based in Singapore and also in Turkey because mm-hmm. we have also operations team based in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, currently at Insider we have more than 120 developers and mm-hmm. also product team more than 30 people. Uh, so this is why. Um, This is why we have. I'm also spending, let's say, one or two weeks in Turkey and mm-hmm. one or two weeks in Singapore, generally in a typical month. But at the same time, sometimes I need to travel for some events, also to increasing the engagement of our teams. You know, when your company becomes 400 people. By the way, we are 400 people from mm-hmm. 28 different nationalities, and when your company becomes 400 people, the one of the biggest challenges communication between the countries. And also increasing the alignment. This is really key. Otherwise, people feel feel lost, and which will create disengagement. So this is why I'm also doing some visits to our countries. To be honest, I'm a little bit selective about where, which event I'm joining or which uh, you know events uh, I'm going to uh, speak, etc. Because time is our biggest asset, and we don't have any asset bigger than uh, our time or much more valuable than our time. So uh, this is why I need to spend my time really effectively. Uh, so I'm trying to just, you know, join the events like, uh, you know, uh, Sustok uh, and uh, very important and valuable ones. And I'm trying to visit our offices to increase the engagement. And the rest of my time is being spent in Singapore and also in Turkey. Why did you why why did you decide to headquarter in, in Singapore? Uh, given that um, you're Turkish and that you have most of the ops team in Turkish, was it around like yeah. the partners are there or this, this vision about being global and uh, this was a, this was a good space? How did you see that opportunity and what, why Singapore? I can say that currently almost 50% of the insider revenue is coming from the APAC region. We expect it to be increased in the upcoming years. So this is why I believe that coordination of the uh, operations and also states operation especially and also being much more closer to our partners and then we take into account that we are in the different countries like Malaysia uh, you know Hong Kong Taiwan Thailand 
we believe that the best place to coordinate all of those countries was Singapore. So mm-hmm. it is most, it's the first reason that we have had, we have been headquartered in Singapore is the location of Singapore and easiness of the coordination between the other countries. This is the first reason. And second reason is in terms of the incentives, in terms of the easiness of establishing a company or also uh, incentives from the governments are really good in Singapore. Uh, so in terms of taxation, in terms of invoicing, in terms of, you know, operational things, Singapore government supports the entrepreneurs a lot. It was the second reason that why we have established or headquartered in Singapore. By the way, we have our headquartered in Istanbul. We moved our headquarters to Singapore almost one and a half years ago because of those advantages. And like uh, one one of the things, obviously, we because we we have SAS Asia coming up, and we're learning, you know, about the the Asia uh, Asia region and Asia Pac region. Um, and then each uh, like one of the learnings, I guess, like for uh, for me, which I think you should be perhaps sort of fairly obvious, is that you know Asia, you look at it as a region, let's say from from Europe. Uh, you know, right. Japan Japan is very different from Singapore. Very different. Very from much. In, very Indonesia. much. Etc. So, how have you found like, doing sorry business? Sorry to bother you. Sorry yeah. to bother you again. I will definitely answer your question. But yeah. uh, you said Japan, and you 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 touch my heart actually. This is why I just wanted to intervene. Japan yeah. is a very different story, totally different game, and it's another story, another type of story. Uh, if yeah. you are going to have some specific questions around Japan, then uh, I will be happy to answer. But uh, what you are saying is quite right. Yeah, like uh, I mean, basically, how, how you, you you've seen that, but how, how have you like being based in Singapore? How have you found doing business and selling into Korea versus perhaps selling into Singapore and some of the other the, the other regions? Like, what are the lessons for you uh, around that? Couple of things. First of all, uh, Singapore is uh, is a country that English is widely speak, being spoken, mm-hmm. uh, so it's very important. Because when you can speak in the same language, then you learn the culture. If you learn the culture, then you learn how the way of doing business. It was really important. So mm-hmm. it's one of the things that makes, I think, Singapore, uh, you know, be, you know, much more easier location for us to expand our business. And uh, myself, I know that, by the way, Singaporeans are just Singaporeans, but you know, at some point they are coming from Chinese heritage. Uh, I can see that cultural-wise, they have also a lot of differences, but I have also some experience in China. I used to have my master, I had my master's degree in China, uh, and I used to work in China. So I'm pretty much familiar with the Chinese culture or Singaporean culture a bit. As I mentioned, although they are not the same, they have similarities. Uh, so even sometimes talking in Chinese in a meeting can be kind of, you know, accelerator uh, within the meeting so i think for us singapore malaysia even indonesia are easier locations to expand our business but korea has a different culture and i believe that the best way of doing business in a country is knowing more about their people and culture so just like in japan just like in korea here you you need to first learn the culture and the way of selling is also different for example in singapore we do direct sales but in Japan and in Korea, what you are doing is, especially in Japan, partnership programs or having partners to uh, increase your sales is the better option. So the way that you sell is also different. So we face that kind of difficulties, which are mostly about having 
much more different culture compared to the rest of the region. Uh, and, and with your product being, um, uh, I, I guess, it, it, would you say it's, a, it's the growth management category and it's a category yeah. that you've created? Uh, so with the, not only do, uh, let, let's say, if you know, I'm sitting from the outside here and I'm seeing you, you go into like obviously a, a region where like many of the different countries have different cultures and different ways of doing business. And then mm-hmm. you're going into these uh, so you have to adapt to that, uh, and uh, and so there is a there is a challenge or something that you you kind of you, you, you know you you as a as a business owner need to adapt to, and then you're coming with a new um, you know category which you need to educate then to these different markets, and then for exactly. each market each market then you need to uh, like educate. Is it? It's quite. It seems like quite challenging to 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 do it that way, but obviously it, it's seemingly working for. for for you guys, um, uh, it, did you ever kind of think that why why are we doing this? Wouldn't it just be easier just to sell in the US and focus in the US rather than than go to Asia? Or was that never a consideration? Uh, I think at some point, although it seems that it's easier, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't easier for us. I think every market has to be has its own difficulties. If you ask me the difficulties in APAC, I can say that uh, you know. People also have some concerns about the companies coming from, you know, outside of APAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the very first step before moving our HQ to Singapore, we were like that. So I think in terms of, in terms of you know, communicating with the people, in terms of ex- letting pe- let people accept your company as a you know, trustable company, it's, it's, also different, it's also difficult in APAC. It's a difficult job to market. But I can say that U.S. is much more competitive markets. Uh, if you ask me, for example, in NAPAC, we, I can say that, as I have mentioned, we were market creator or my, you know, uh, market educator at some, uh, in some countries. In U.S., this will not be the case. But what is going to happen is uh, we are going to have a you know, much more strong competition. So I can say that both markets have its advantages and disadvantages. So I cannot say... That one is easier or that one is more difficult. Mm. Uh, I think they are both, you know, important and big challenges. The reason that we have chosen uh, Singapore or APAC wasn't about that we thought that it would be easier. We have seen a potential which was untapped. So Mm -hmm. it actually creates excitement in us. Sure. Okay, makes sense. And and did you have like in terms of the go to market plan when you're when you're in Asia, did did you pick um, like you know do you go country where we're going to do Singapore, Hong Kong, and Korea first, and then we're going to do Japan next year, and then we're going to do China yeah. in year five? Yeah. Does it work like that, or do you do you go to market to to, to everywhere within Asia like uh, at once? How, what was your approach? Okay, my our approach was like that. If you ask me the uh, APAC and expansion plan, I would say that we see uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia as a whole. I mean, not a whole. They are very different countries, and Indonesia itself is mm-hmm. a very huge market. But at the end of today, I can say that Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and maybe at some point, Hong Kong, Thailand, Taiwan, Vietnam, which are also great markets, and we see also Korea and Japan as a two different markets. So mm-hmm. I can say that first we have started from Singapore and we knew that when we are expanding in Singapore, Indonesia and Malaysia is also manageable. So our first target was the you know, triangle of 
Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. And after that, uh, after the you know expanding those regions, we believe that once you do it in Hong Kong, you can also expand to other regions easily, like Vietnam, Thailand, and you know Taiwan. However, we didn't have any specific crowd station between between those countries for us. If you uh, if you ask me well, what is your first preference about which country to go first, finding the right people is the most important criteria. We open up the positions at the same time in those markets. Whenever we find the right people in those markets, for example, let's say in Vietnam, then we give a, we gave a go to the Vietnam. So between the regions, we had kind of you know prioritization, but between the countries like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, or between the countries like Thailand, Thailand, Vietnam, Hong Kong, uh, you know, uh, Thailand or the other ones, we didn't have any special prioritization. This prioritization was 100% dependent on finding the right people. And when it comes, like, all the all of the countries you mentioned, I think that perhaps almost everyone has its own uh, language, right? Uh, and um, how did that affect your sort of marketing and positioning? Is Insido, is it is it just in English or have you got a localization per different country? I think in many ways we are, we, we believe in the power of democratization of the technologies. This mm-hmm. is what, what I mean is, you know, the big guys like, you know, or the, the big marketing clouds or software like Salesforce, Adobe, Oracle, they are trying to also grab some partners or clients in these regions but the one thing that they are missing is they are not they don't have any strong local team existence i think this is one of the secret source of insiders democratizing the technology having some local people in here so this is why in some countries which are you know which uh, actually speak their own language we definitely have local people. In uh, our Vietnam country, Mandarin is Vietnamese. Our uh, Japan country, Mandarin, of course, Japanese. Uh, even even our Singapore country, Mandarin, although it's a it's a country where English is widely being spoken, she is also Singaporean. I think having local people in these countries and maybe supporting the, those people with the other people uh, like expats is very vital for the democratization of technologies in those regions and for the success, which is what we believe. And, but are your, so you, you have the local people in those regions, and I understand that, but in, in the, the, if I go to the Insider website and I'm in Vietnam, uh, is, am I going to see uh, you know, Vietnamese or, or French, uh, or is it English uh, website and marketing and, and positioning? <laughs> I will be uh, a little bit ashamed to say that, but unfortunately, I don't know in how many languages we have our own websites. I know that yeah. we have in Chinese, we have in Taiwanese, I think we have in Vietnamese. So we have in different languages yeah. for sure, not only English. But you know what? Because of being in 19 different countries, I still I sometimes cannot follow the last language that we have adopted. But definitely, you are going to see a Japanese website. You are going to see a, I think, Chinese website. You are going to see also many other languages. But if you ask me the proper number and proper languages, I don't know. Maybe we can check later after the podcast. Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Uh, and um, uh, I guess something we, we we one country that we didn't uh, speak about really uh, was China. Do you do you do business in China? Is this is it totally different? Uh, do you view it to the, the kind of the rest of of Asia? Um, like, what's your experience there? Uh... Uh, China. Uh, China, China, China. Uh, <laughs> interesting story. 
different Probably stories. another whole podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> another podcast, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I will be very direct and honest about it because uh, I believe in the power of transparency on being direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think China is a very interesting market, but very difficult to crack. Mm-hmm. But once you crack it, you can even become a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another type of game. We are very excited about Chinese markets, but what we think is after years expansion, which also requires a lot of focus, we are going to uh, try our chance in China. But for the first revenue in China, we might have to wait for seven months, eight months, I don't know, maybe more. Uh, and in this part, in this phase of the company, we should continue to grow. Uh, every year, for the last uh, three years or two years, we have uh, grew by more than 140%. So this is why in order to maintain this growth, I think we should focus on the countries, especially this year, that we can maintain this growth. And after U.S. and after a significant level that we are, we are going to come in U.S., we will definitely think about China. So in a nutshell, China is our, is our heart. U.S. is on our minds. Uh, and after this year, we are going to think about how to also make it in China. You're, it's one of the dreams of insiders. Yeah, good. Uh, in um, how many weeks is it? Uh, five weeks or something like that. Uh, or May the, uh, actually, uh, I think perhaps less, May the 14th and 15th, I think you'll be speaking at Sasto Asia, which is in yeah. Hong Kong. Um, mm-hmm. What are you going to be speaking about? What are we going to learn from you uh, uh, on that day? Yeah. First of all, I'm going to talk about the category creation. Uh, so uh, the category creation part is quite pretty much important. Uh, not only the for us, not only the growth management platform itself. It's the whole category that we are going to answer the you know needs of our uh, online business partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to talk about also category creation about uh, you know creating new categories that will be a kind of innovation in the sector. For example, this year, uh, sorry, last year, we have created a new category called creative ad audiences, uh, which doesn't exist, uh, you know, which doesn't exist in another uh, marketing software company. So it's also category creation for us. It's very important to also survive in mature markets like Europe and US. And second thing is uh, that I'm going to talk about is winning in Asia. Asia. Uh, I like the title, by the way. I think winning in Asia requires different type of focus, different type of efforts, different type of approach in terms of team, in terms of people, in terms of maybe sometimes product. Although our product is adaptable to all of our clients around the world, I think it also requires different touch in for the APAC region. So I cannot say that we have already been in Asia, but it seems like our growth in Asia is like 3x compared to last year. So I will be talking about my experiences, uh, how to win in Asia and how to grow a tech company, a software company in Asia. Looking forward to that um, at Sastock Asia on uh, May the 15th and, um, and, and yeah, spending a, a, a bit more time uh, speaking in, in person uh, on that event than we could afford in, uh, at Sastock 18. And as we come to the, uh, the, the final question here, I mean, we were joking kind of at the, the beginning of the, the podcast before we started recording uh, just about 
uh, the well, you're in Dubai today, and you know you're you're doing a lot of a lot of traveling, and it's you, where where you were based, and you know the life of the CEO. There's a lot of you know being on plane, traveling, visiting customers, uh, you know different hours and stuff. Um, like, how do you how do you stay healthy and sane? You know, in your role as you have a four, you know an organization of 400 people with a lot of travel, uh, etc. What's your way to to kind of keep healthy and sane? I believe in the power of being mentally fit, physically fit. So this is why I'm trying to keep my mental and physical health. I'm trying to keep my physical health by, you know, trying to do some exercises. Uh, but I'm not, I don't believe, I believe in the power of uh, hard work. I think the company is like us who race from the east part of the world, which is Asia. And I always believe that, by the way, the sun, which is the reality, raises from the east. So this is why... As the companies rise from the east part of the world, it's very important us to prove that breakthrough product companies can be also created outside of Silicon Valley. In order to do that, this we have uh, we need to work hard because we have a lot of a lot of disadvantages because of being in the still developing ecosystems. So in order to overcome these differences, these uh, you know disadvantages, I think you need to work hard. While you are working, that's hard. It's really difficult to put some time for your, for your uh, you know, for exercising. But I try to wake up very early in the morning, exercising for four to five minutes or fifteen minutes, and I can so this is how I can continue to work in the evenings. Uh, mental health, actually, if you have a strong belief in life, and if you are pursuing the, this belief, and you have kind of a very I don't know important intention in life, like serving the humanity, serving the people, changing the people's lives, then I don't need, I don't think that you need some mental, uh, you know, support to continue. I know that as a CEO, we have ups and downs, but at the end of the day, it's all about your managing your own psychology. And at the end of today, when you see the achievement, then you see that you are changing the people's lives then you don't need any other support. This is what I believe. This is, uh, I, I, have my, I have my inspiration already. Not a motivation. Motivation is temporary. Uh, you know, inspiration is, you know, uh, something always there. So I have my inspiration. So this is why I don't think that I need, some, I need to be mentally fit because I'm already. Good, good stuff. Uh, well, wise, wise words to end the podcast uh, on. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your, uh, your time. Uh, Handa Chillinger, and very much, um, you know, looking forward to your talk at, at Sastop Asia, uh, May, May the 15th in Hong Kong. Uh, thank you very much also from my end. I'm not a wise person. I don't think that I can be a wise person, but I think I'm learning. I think I'm a good learner. I hope that what the things that I have learned so far, uh, this, that I shared also today, will be also uh, changing something in the people's uh, lives that the, which are, who are listening to this podcast. Thank you very much, Alex, for your time. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution show and you've picked up valuable lessons from Handy Chillinger. She will be speaking more on the topic of winning Asia and building a category at our SaaS Talk Asia conference happening May 14th and 15th in Hong Kong. Grab your ticket on events.sastalk.com forward slash Asia 19. Thanks for listening. See you next time.